Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 Anajar and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Chats with Brent Martineau. I mean, not necessarily that. I think just that relationship that we have um, really comes out, especially in the heat of the moment. We're just really comfortable around one another. You know, if I see something that he might have missed or vice versa, we can just talk to each other between plays, and he's always really... I guess uh, accepting whatever I got, I got to say, hey, it's whatever, on a run play, you know, stick to the gap, or he's got the balance, whatever it is, just talking about it. Um, he's, a, he's a great listener. I think he does a good job with all that. And it's Trevor Lawrence talking after the game on Friday. He'll be out on this field in just a little bit as the Jags get ready uh, to practice again and ramp up for a Saturday night game against the Steelers here at the bank. Brent Martineau here at Jags headquarters and back in the studios, Aaron Schachter, Casey Kurtz on ESPN 690. We take you up until 6 o'clock. We'll have you all set on TV tonight at CBS 47 and Fox 30 as well as we hear from Doug Peterson. Uh, scheduled interview with Brandon Sheriff uh, for us after practice as well. And so we'll catch up with the offensive lineman who uh, is just looks like the stud he's been. Uh, he really just stonewalls everybody <laughs> you talk about like a pro's pro uh sheriff is something you can count on you just hope uh, you know the only negative in his career is staying healthy and so uh, if he can do that he's going to be a big helper to that offensive line for the jags guys isn't it great how many times has your favorite team gone out there and bought a free agent that was a big name or had all the hype come with him and then he gets to the team and you're like oh this is what we paid for huh yeah, but it's, oh, that happens. It doesn't right? sound like that's what's happening on the line with the Jaguars this year. Yeah, hopefully that's the case because, again, I mean, he is he's a highly decorated offensive lineman. Uh, those guys don't get a ton of attention, but he is really, really good, and he's looked really good uh, so far. And I think the offensive line looked okay the other day. We keep an eye on Jawan Taylor and Walker Little, that battle. Again, I'm not sure we learned a whole heck of a lot. I'm sure inside the building they know a little bit more. I will say this about that battle. Did it surprise you guys at all that Jawan Taylor started? the game a little bit just based on what we've seen through camp thus far and, and what we saw last week uh although obviously uh taylor was dealing with an injury last week but yeah i thought they would give uh, walker little the start the benefit of the doubt based on the performance apparently not do you think yeah. that means that taylor's got the leg up on him no i think that means he's the incumbent um but like i think the leg up is with walker little and I think he, because he's been playing, I think also for a myriad of reasons that we've talked about in the past. They invested a second-round pick in him. The unknown is something that people like. And also, I just don't envision a situation where this guy sits on the bench for the entire year, and then he goes his first two seasons in the NFL and plays like three games as a second-round pick. Like, how do you justify that? Yeah. Like, you have to play him at some point. Now, listen, injuries may dictate you'd play him anyway. I don't know. At least lining up, if everybody were to stay healthy and play, like that makes your second round pick last year. And I mean, how many get out of jail cards with Urban Meyer do we have? You I know? mean, it seems unlimited today, but you know, <laughs> talk talk to me again in a few weeks. So I don't. I'm I'm interested to see how that shakes out. Uh, but I thought that is why mostly the practice time is why Walker Little would start the game. Instead, Juwan Taylor did, and then uh, everybody else got back. Uh, I mean, they kept flip-flopping all the way through the game. So, you know, it will continue to play out. And I think it's just – it must be a situation where Jawan Taylor, it's his job to lose and get outperformed by Walker Little. And that does make sense, too. But I, I still believe Walker Little is going to be the right tackle um, as we head into this uh, season. What happened to the video, Casey? 
Not sure, Brent. Working we're, on it. We're, we're trying to work on it a little bit. It's all right. I was just looking real quick. Did it's you get upset when you didn't see yourself? But you know, you're not out there. My you're not favorite out there. part about you, Brent, by the way, is like... <laughs> I'm just a black hole. You when, really are. When stuff goes wrong, like, you're like the first one to call it out like we don't know. Like, we're working on it. You don't have to tell all the people on the I'll radio that you, something's gone wrong. I'll tell you what's Brent's happening. Like, what happened? I'll tell you what's happening. Like, you got defend a man, us a little bit, you, you know? got a man who's very into his workout walks. He's been working real hard on that body, <laughs> doing push-ups and planks all over St. John's County. If you see the man, you know what he's up to. Like, uh, obviously, I'd be upset, too, if I was sitting there doing my walks every night for no reason because my video isn't being shown. <laughs> no, that is not why. What happens is I control some of that video feature out here. <laughs> so I need to know if I need to do something. All right. That's a little less uh, fun of an answer, but okay. <laughs> so it's not on my end is what you're telling me. Good. Okay. Good. No. <laughs> that's good, then. Uh, at least we got that going for us. Hey, did you see the Deion Sanders comments over the weekend? Yes. That and started I thought, to come to light? I thought of you, too. Well, go, thank you. Go ahead. I mean, I mean, come on, Dion. I'm tired of Dion. Yeah. Dion seems like the kind of guy you would have no patience for. It's like, it's like an act, though, isn't it? It's like Dion's like, how old's Dion? Like 50 years old? Got to be in his 50s, yeah. I mean, he's got plenty of shine over the years, and it's still like not enough. <laughs> he, he really does want just a little, uh, just one more taste before it's all said and done. Like, I mean, it's just, I think there's a lot of good about Dion. I, I kind of like what he's doing with the coaching thing. He's doing a way better job than I thought he might do. He's changing the game a little bit. Like, he really is doing pretty good down there. Turn yeah. this, what is it, Mississippi State into like an actual program? <laughs> well, some Mississippi not, not Mississippi State, State. Jackson, uh, Jackson State. Yeah. I'm sorry, same colors. But I think like there's a lot that's cool. But then he does like this stuff. Like it's all basically what Dion said is there's too many people in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. He's like they need to make like a starting eleven. Like my jersey. <laughs> eventually, he said like my bus doesn't belong with these other guys. I'm into that. I'm like, what a jerk. No man. Like what a tears, jerk. There are tears to this thing. No, there isn't. Yeah. No, there isn't. There's called the Hall of Fame. There's 362 guys that have ever played the game. We can argue at bars and in trivia and on talk shows about who the best is. That's fine. Like that's what we do. There isn't a Hall of Fame in any sport or a distinction that says, hey. Here's the top ten players of all time. The rest got to go down there to, um, you know, you name Ashland, Ohio, and they got to go into that hall. <laughs> I'll tell you, I'll tell you where I think reality disagrees with you a little bit. At least in basketball, I don't, I don't know if we've seen it in baseball yet, but in basketball, you got the Hall of Fame, and then you've got the NBA 100, right? And these are like these guys are all in the Hall of Fame, but they are better than that. They are the the 100 best players of all time. And so I see a guy like Dion, and I'm like, you know, he's not wrong. There are guys who are great in the Hall of Fame, but they're not the same level of great as a guy like Dion Sanders. Well, so maybe it's like all-pro team one, all-pro team two kind of deal. Uh, that's stupid. Like, it, like, we do that anyway. Like, when there's a 50th year anniversary, we do an NBA top 50. Mm -hmm. We do an NFL top When there's a 100-year anniversary, we do a top 100. Like, they did the top 100 players. I don't know where Dion was ranked, but that's what that was for. It was like you got distinguished by, and people already talk about you as the best corner ever. So then, why like, is what it else okay? do you want? So then, why, you is, want? why is it okay during the season to do first team, second team, and third team All Pro? Or yeah, well, he was a part of that too. Like when he played. Yeah, but like, why not do it in the Hall of Fame as well? You think it's insulting? It's. I think it's dumb. Like it's like how many different accolades? Like we've complained like kids want all this stuff. 
Like, we this generation, we complain about this generation of kids. Like, they need the pat on the back, and they need all these accolades. They need to tell you how great they are. <laughs> how about freaking Deion Sanders? True. How many times do we have to tell him that he's great? You know, that's not a bad shut point. Shut up, Deion. Like, <laughs> just shut up. Not a bad point. And like, you're in the Hall of Fame. People think you're the greatest of all time. You're like, you got prime. They listen to you talk wherever you talk. You do say some good things sometimes. You're doing a good job coaching. What else do you want, Deion Sanders? Like, he what want... do you want us to do? Raise a statue everywhere you've been? Oh, he might like that. I think he might like that. I, I think he just wants to be able to say, yes, these guys are in my Hall of Fame, but we all know it's my Hall of Fame. I think that's what he's looking for. I don't know what he's looking for. I mean, the Hall of Fame, I don't know how many players have played in the game. There's 360 freaking two Hall of Famers. That's it. Like, that is not a lot. I mean, I I just don't get it. I don't get uh, Dion, like, just people people like Dion just can't get enough attention. It's a drug. And so he just brings this stuff up. I mean, he says some things sometimes because he just says it how it is, very Charles Barkley-ish. Yeah. And I think sometimes he says stuff that's, like, really a good point. To be honest with you, we got the, the um, uh, now I'm going to, he's playing Bethune-Cookman, right? Uh, here yep, in, yes, in Jack, inside correct. the stadium. Mm-hmm. It's their team against Bethune-Cookman. And he talked recently, it's like, why are we doing that? He's like, the place is not going to be filled. It's not going to be a great look. Like, let's do this at our home stadium. And he actually had a valid point there. Now, they're trying to give more exposure to the game and everything else. Like, I think the intent is right. But actually, what Dion said there might not be wrong. Hmm. Like, why go to a place that's got 70,000 seats and put half of it filled where it doesn't look like it's popping when you can do it on campus and it's popping? You know, with all the momentum HBCUs have. So I think he had a good point there. So, like, again, Dion says some things that are fine, and he speaks his mind. And that was very interesting to hear him talk like that because a lot of people would politically be like, oh, oh yeah. it's going to be great to play in Jacksonville. Oh, blah, yeah. blah, blah. So, like, it was fine. But, like, this – has Dion not got enough attention in his life? Like, that's the thing that gets to me. It's like oh, this kind of thing is all about Dion needs more to feed the ego. Well, it's, mean, he's thirsty. Is that- he's hungry. We're not saying enough good about Dion Sanders because he hasn't played in 20 years. Like, just shut up. Is that shocking to you? Like, here's a guy who is so great – at baseball he ended up playing major league baseball but also so great at football he decided to play both sports to his own detriment like it doesn't shock me that he'd want more attention at this point in his life well i mean listen he's an attention guy uh, that's part of it but i don't know man sooner or later you gotta let it go like i i, I just don't know where dion has been burnt i will say as is he being slighted <laughs> yes it is How? in his own mind yes he's being slighted by being lumped in with uh some of these corners and and guys that played the secondary who maybe didn't do it to the level that dion did but you know as as we talk through it it does kind of feel like he's being a real big baby about it like you got the accolade and to your point you are right he's got the accolades there aren't accolades above and beyond what he's got which is his problem but like come on man just focus on your coaching. Be be a great coach now. Get inducted into the College Hall of Fame as a coach or something like that. Yeah. By the way, I just hope when they separate wings on the Hall of Fame, I hope they put Tom Brady in a separate category than Dion. Because you're not better than him, Dion. Maybe they'd be in the same wing. And maybe Jalen Ramsey would be better than Dion by the end of it anyway. Maybe. Maybe. Hey, uh, by the way, congrats, guys, on the uh, video. You guys did a good job. Get the video oh, back you, up. Buddy. I see myself again. We are, we're missing your Twitter handle, which uh, will hurt your follower count, but we'll deal with it. <laughs> I'm okay there um, for now.
Uh, we have, uh, let's get the little Travis Etienne conversation going. I caught up with him on the sideline uh, during the game. I think that was a good first impression for Travis Etienne the other night. I, I think there are some things to like, uh, probably some things to work on. In his words, he's rusty. Here's my conversation uh, with Travis Etienne Friday night. Hey, everyone in Jacksonville, couldn't wait to watch Travis Etienne play here tonight. I bet you couldn't wait to play here tonight in front of this crowd. No, definitely. I felt like it was a uh, great energy and just love the crowd, love just being back out there with my brothers and uh, being able to just play football again. What do you want to accomplish in a night like this? Obviously, guys got in the end zone, scored some points, but how about personally, what did you want to see out of yourself? Uh, I just wanted to uh, just, just be myself. I felt a little rusty out there, but I felt that the game kept going. I just kept being myself and... Uh, I just want to knock the rust off, and I feel like I did that tonight, and I just got to keep going. You look like you had the speed back at practice. Did you feel like you had that burst and everything that you've always had here out here tonight? Uh, yes, sir. I, I felt great. Uh, I felt like myself. I just felt a little rusty. I felt like I haven't played football in forever, and I, I, I feel like I, I felt that by the way that I played, but uh, I feel as I keep going, just keep doing more reps, just keep grinding with my brothers, and uh, I'll be back. What do you like about this offense? Doug Peterson, an offensive guy, and what do you – what do you think you fit in it? Uh, I love the offense. I feel like we have playmakers all over the place. We've seen a couple third downs. We made big plays. And uh, I feel like I feel like uh, Doug puts his playmakers in the right place to make plays, and you've seen that tonight. And uh, I feel like Doug has a great plan for us all, and uh, he'll showcase all our skills, all our talents. One last one for you. You know Trevor Lawrence better than anybody around here. What do you see out of him in year two? And he had a good performance here this evening. I feel like Trevor, he responded well. I know he would. Uh, I felt like he was just confident out there. He he, he commanded the huddle, and uh, he was Trevor Lawrence. I mean, he I, I've been seeing this my whole career. Every time I play with him, he's done this, and uh, he came out here and put himself on display tonight. He was Trevor Lawrence. That was, and by the way, later in the post game inside the locker room, he said, "I want to be the hammer, not the nail." Travis Etienne came up with two of the lines of the night for me. <laughs> I mean, he was Trevor Lawrence, and, and that's uh, that's the guy that knows him best. And Travis Etienne showed signs of being Travis Etienne, guys. I, I was impressed with Travis. I, I, he, I have been in camp, and there were a couple of plays that I was like, okay, I see this, and I think we're going to see a lot more. That was a very small glimpse of uh, what we're going to get of Travis Etienne, but pretty good first impression. What was your take? It's just refreshing to see him back out there and and moving in the way he's moving. You're not very concerned about whether he's taking some of the uh, the injury nervousness with him. I know when people get back from injury, especially uh, season-long injuries, maybe there's some hesitation to put weight or cut in certain ways because you don't want to re-injure it, but uh, he looks like he's letting loose out there. Casey, where are you drafting Travis Etienne in your fantasy draft? <laughs> where did he go in this all-too-early fantasy draft of yours the other day? Like third round, I think. I don't fully remember. I didn't get him. Um, but, yeah, I thought, I don't know, I was scared the whole time. So every time he got up, I thought it was a victory. <laughs> uh, he likes to get hit. I mean, he, like, did, did I saw the burst, like, especially on that 12-yard run, you're like, oh, okay, good, that's it, you know. And I mean, the, the, uh, Doug Peterson said to me going into halftime when I asked about him, he said, yeah, a little less cutting back would be nice, you know, or, or something like he's dancing <laughs> a little too much, just go. Um but and then he dropped the one ball. So again, it wasn't like perfect. But it's not like Etienne isn't you know known as a patient runner. Is he is he worried about the cuts or is he worried about how much time he's taking to get through the line? Yeah, probably. I mean, these guys want to go north and south as quick. I think that was the one. I actually talked to somebody else after the game too. Um, you know, internally and he uh, separately. I didn't bring it up. Said, yeah, I wish we'd hit the holes better. Mm. And and not just Etienne. You know, 
I think that was their one like internal. I'm sure they had more than one, but, but that was the their criticism. criticism yeah. Was like, hey, bats, get up the field. You know, that's a big thing because you know everybody wants to dance, show off their athletic ability, but in this you can't run away from many. Everybody's fast, and so like that is different than college. You just gotta go, and and that's what James Robinson does so well. He just goes downhill, and he'll 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 fall forward for four yards. Not a lot of negative runs. I think we will see some negative runs out of ETN because he's trying to create, but also because of that probably have a time or two where boom bang one you know yeah uh, so it's just a different style and you might have to live with that yeah, that's been the beauty of james robinson running the football no negative runs when leonard see leonard fournette tried to be a guy that was a bruising back at times but also tried to be the guy that could like dance around everybody and that's really not him so he had a ton of negative runs because he wouldn't just hit the hole but then he would have some really good runs and good plays and balance it out for the most part but I think the knock against Fournette here in Jacksonville was too many negative runs. And, and what that does, and that's why, why it bothers coaches, is it sets you up on a second and 12. Instead of even being second and 10 or second and 9 or second and 8, would be a lot better. Well, I think the fans share your enthusiasm for Travis Etienne. They're real believers in Yahoo. He's rostered so far in 94% of leagues. ESPN, he's rostered in 91% of leagues. He's going around the top of the fourth. So that's uh, relatively high on the, uh, the, the running back count. I think his ADP is around 39. 39 what are the pick. other nine leagues, 9% of leagues doing? Like, those have to be, like, four-person leagues. Yeah, they're probably, like, eight-team leagues where you have all all pros in your backfield on every team. Yeah. What are we doing with fantasy football? I'm handling it, Brent. Woo! Bring it back, buddy. Come on. We got to get a good prize going now. Well, here's the thing. Here's the problem with the league that there has been. One, back-to-back commissioners have quit. <laughs> so now I have to, so I have to be the commissioner. You don't have yeah. to be. I'll commission well, if you don't want to. And by the way, it. we know what's going to happen to you at the end of the season. <laughs> That's true. So that is something to look forward to. Hey, everybody, your final six months with Casey Kurtz. Here it comes. <laughs> Hope you enjoy it. But what I actually need from you, Brent, is to confirm that everybody on the TV side is playing. Oh. Oh. I've been meaning to tell you about this, but oh. then I forget because other things come up. And then, like, today on the phone, he yelled at me, so I didn't want to talk to you about it. Uh. And so I need you to just confirm that, indeed, you all are ready to lose to me again. And Aaron. Me and Aaron came in first and second. Yeah, I'm pretty good. So I just want to make sure that <laughs> yeah, that was good. I, I, look, I'm not trying to brag. I'm just saying I'm better than all of you. So Should we let Austin play? Uh, he doesn't want to. I've already I talked him. to Austin. He doesn't want to play. He wants nothing to do with it. He said Brent is the reason. He said because Brent fired him, he wants nothing to do with the yeah, football season. that is confirmed what he said to me. He said, I would like to play with you, Casey, so if you could set up a side league, which right. I have, that yeah. you won't be in. Nice. So you can be Austin's side piece. Very good. <laughs> Moving back on ESPN 6 nights. It's better than whatever piece you are right now. Oh, uh, man. do believe is in that offensive line, their ability to play bully ball. Mm. I just don't know ultimately if when Jalen Hurts is forced, just like we saw him be forced to uh, throw the ball against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the playoffs, he fell short because nobody runs on the Buccaneers. And, you know, when you run into that, can your quarterback beat you with his arm exclusively? I still don't believe that, but I do think they're the best team within the division. So I don't believe in Jalen Hurts as a long-term solution, but I do believe in this team as being a team that can be dangerous because of their ability to run the football. Yeah, I think they can do that. That's uh, Bart Scott talking about the Philadelphia Eagles. Best team in the division? I think they are. 
I think they're better than the Cowboys this year. I think the Giants are trash. I think the Commanders are trash. I think Jalen Hurts is tremendously underrated. I think he gets a raw deal because he's not the prototypical quarterback. I think they did a nice job in the offseason bringing in A.J. Brown. They got a decent backfield. That team's going to be good. Uh, I still think. Who do you have, Casey? I remember we did the NFC's talk, but who do you have as the uh, favorite in the East? Uh, Eagles. You do? Yeah. Not good. I'm going to win some money with you guys. <laughs> bet on that. Um, I'm confident there. We never did talk much about the AFC South, so here's a great time to do it. Oh. We got a glimpse at the South. Nice. And Matt Ryan categorizes a little bit shaky the other day. Shaky? No? I mean, first impression, just okay. I mean, I thought we were talking preseason, bro. Weren't you just calming the whole city down? Yeah. I don't know. I was firing him up. We had a good first quarter. Um, Where are you on Aaron Schachter? Where are you on Matt Ryan? Casey Kurtz loves him. Where are you on him? Uh, Aaron has dead headphones, so I'm going to answer for him. And uh, Dead headphones? How does that happen? I don't know, Brent. I really don't know. Um, but apart. Yeah, I think the first impression of the Matt Ryan era with the Colts was not great, but again, it is preseason. Uh, if I had to guess Aaron Schachter, you know, he sometimes does not have good takes, so I would oh. say he's probably not a fan of Matt Ryan. <laughs> I, am, I, am, I am a fan of Matt Ryan as a thrower, not as a guy who could be successful as a quarterback in 2022. Uh, yeah, I'm not afraid of Matt Ryan. Like, I think he can throw the ball. I just don't know that he can escape defenses. Jack Cohn's on the Colts. Oh, uh, the Notre Dame guy? Yeah, I didn't even know that. Did he stay at Notre Dame? Where did he, else did he go? Did he go up to Wisconsin? Uh, he was with Wisconsin first. Oh, Wisconsin, then Notre Dame. Yeah. That's right. And apparently he was one for five for no yards the other day for the Colts. <laughs> Sounds like Sean Watson. <laughs> it's true. Um, the interesting part about I think they had two turnovers in the first quarter. That defense was a turnover machine last year. And Iberflu's gone, Gus Bradley in. They pick up a guy like Yannick Ngakwe as well. Um, that'll be interesting to keep. See, that's a trendy thing in the NFL. Like, that's kind of a happenstance. And, yeah, you got to create them, but... Sometimes you have better years than others in the turnover category because it's a little bit of a luck play, too. And it'll be interesting to see if they can do that on that side of the ball. Uh, Jonathan Taylor is going to be a constant thing. And listen, I don't think Matt Ryan all of a sudden is, I mean, Sam Darnold, you know. Um, I don't think you should go get a jersey, Casey. But... (laughs) I just don't – I get just – I look at quarterbacks and I'm like, am I afraid to play this guy? That's the way I look at it because you're going to get some good quarterback play. Listen, I wasn't afraid to play Geno Smith and he ripped up the Jacks. Like, we've got plenty of examples of that over the years. So that doesn't – it's not the, the end-all, be-all how you feel about a guy. But it's a little different than going to play Patrick Mahomes, right? And even Derek Carr in that offense now and almost anybody in the West, Russell Wilson. Yes, but – like, we're talking about Matt Ryan, right? So let me, you know, Matt Ryan, uh, what is he? I think he's 37 years old. Yeah, it feels like he's 42. I mean, he's been around forever. But if you're looking for signs that the man slowed down, you're not really going to find too many. Looking at last year on the Falcons, they had stripped him of a lot of his tools. Obviously, they gave him Kyle Pitts and saddled him with Corderell Patterson in the backfield as opposed to, like, a throwing option out there that would work for him. But he still had a decent year. But even back to 2017, Brent. I'm just going to give you the yardage totals up to last year. You had 4,095 in 17, 
49-24 and 18, 44-66 and 19, 45-81 and 20, 26 and 11 and 20, 26 and 14 in 19, 35 and 7 and 18. Like the guy can throw, he can still play, and the Colts are nothing to sneeze at. Like this was a team with nine Pro Bowlers last year. This is a good roster. Oh, it's a very, it can be a very good roster, and I think that the the hope for them is. They've got a guy that's not going to go in and make mistakes, will make winning plays. And not that Wentz didn't even turn the ball over, but make winning plays. Like, Wentz didn't do that enough. Yeah, not considered like a leader. Wentz's numbers were not bad, right. you know? They really weren't. So, like, how much more? What was Wentz last year, like 22-5 and five in terms of touchdown interception ratio, something like that? Like, how much more is Matt Ryan going to give you? So where does he show up? Leadership, people yes. say. I've heard that in some of the, the national shows. Um, and will he win you a game? I don't know if he's winning you many games anymore. He can't move. He's a statue. And, yeah, he can throw, and he knows where to go with the ball, but it's not like he's got this mega arm uh, that, like, scares the hell out of you. So, again, I look at my quarterbacks, and I say, who am I afraid to play? And Matt Ryan's just not that. He yeah. really isn't for me. And, they listen, they, they've tried. They continue to try. This might be the best rendition of them. The, the, I think it speaks volumes about Matt Ryan to the point where they know he's at, where they say, listen, we don't need him to do everything for us. We have Jonathan Taylor. We think we have a defense. We have a good roster. So just fit in and do your thing and, and win a game or two when we need you to and don't make mistakes. Like He's become a game manager, it seems like, at this time of his career. Nothing like Aaron Rodgers at 38, Tom Brady at 45, where they're still winning football games for you. I mean, I saw Matt Ryan play here last year. Like, again, he's good. He's fine. He's not bad. But he doesn't scare the hell out of you. Like, he really doesn't. And so, I'm not afraid to play Matt Ryan's voice is the moral of the story. But luckily, you, the don't, Jets. luckily you don't have to. The Jags do. So, yeah, they, um, they could be scared. Um, and then, and, okay, so then you got the Titans. So, these are the two class teams of the division. I feel like the Titans are going to step back finally this year. Certainly set for regression, aren't they? Casey, you have a voice of reason on this? <laughs> Um, just because, like, I can't ever very rarely co-sign something that everybody else agrees on. <laughs> so if you both are saying the Titans are going to be bad, then they're obviously not. Well, I'm not saying they're going to be bad, but there's a difference between bad and also taking a step back, right? Like, what was their record last year? What did the Titans end up I want to say 11 wins, but I'll double-check. They had 11? Right. I think so. Wow, they had 11, huh? Um, so that would have been, what, 11 and 6, right? 17-game season? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so 11 and 6. So let's just say they take a slide back two to three games from to nine to eight or eight to nine or eight and nine like that totally feasible door, man right? they lost a big receiver in aj brown you know you got a, another year with Tannehill, who's you know i don't know a lot of people think he can play i just i and by the way that's a pissy situation right now yes. because you, you drafted his replacement yes i don't think he's making it through you got derrick henry a year older so like granted he's still in his prime but you know you know how that goes with running backs all it takes is a, a leg injury so i'm i just think again that opens they're going to be, I think they're less of a threat, but still a threat. And I just don't know where I stand. I think Indianapolis is the best team in the division because of their roster. Yeah. I don't, Defense, yeah. And I, just, I don't think we're going to see Matt. Like, I know I talk bad about Matt Ryan relative to other people, but what I'm saying is, yeah, I'm not afraid of him, but I also don't think he's all of a sudden going to go 14 touchdowns and 24 picks. You know, I mean, I don't think we're going to see that out of him. Um, so... I just I think it's Indianapolis's division to lose, and that, and that's crazy because the Jags are in their heads so much, which is just awesome, because like, it just doesn't happen very. This this game on September 18th here, 
a month from now is going to be really fun to watch. What no pressure doing? on the Jags. <laughs> and all the pressure in the world. I mean, like that whole week is going to be headlined with what happened last, last year. And by the way, that whole week is going to be headlined by how Trevor Lawrence played in that game last year, which was another thing that I said out here the other night. You know, he played a quarter and he played pretty well, which makes it kind of two consecutive appearances out on this field for Trevor Lawrence looking pretty good. Because he ended the season, he looked awesome last year in that yeah. game against the Colts. Yeah. And, and so he's, maybe he's building a, a something there. Uh, and then we've already talked about Houston enough. I mean, the Jags, when we talk about the AFC South, the Jags have to. They just have to separate from Houston. But to me, that's the goal of the year. Separate from the bottom feeder teams. Houston is one of those. Don't be in that conversation. Start nipping on the heels. Like, if we think they could get to six, seven wins, if they got to seven, and I think the Titans are going to drop back a little bit to eight or nine win team, well, now you've closed the gap. Like, that is exactly what we're talking about in 2022. Can you close the gap? And I think uh, that's it. Again, the Jags benefit here. We saved the AFC South conversation um, until the end of, of looking at all these different divisions. And the, one of the best things you can say about the Jacksonville Jaguars as they try to rebuild, revamp this thing is they are in a friendly division to do it. Mm. They really are. Like, even in the, even in the NFC, I guess you'd say the NFC East would be the division to try to go. Like, if you were stuck there, you can make some hay. Uh, what about the... Um, Not the North, man. you got Green Bay. I know they've yeah. got two weak teams in Chicago and Detroit, but you've got, I mean, you've got a perennial team in Aaron Rodgers. And then you got the Bucks and the Saints. Um, yeah, we just don't know what that conference is. In the, in the South. So... I would just say the East, but even the East, like, I think Dallas is light years ahead. Like, if the Jags were in the NFC East, I wouldn't give them a chance. I don't think many people would. But even next year, like, they're just lined up. Dallas seems lined up for a little run here for the next few years. And, like, I don't know if that's the case with Indy. I don't know if that's the case with Tennessee. So the point being is they're in a favorable situation to make some hay, to gain on the division. I think you – I think you're selling – what Indy's got going on fairly short right now. Like if they, if they lock up that quarterback position with a free agent this coming off season or a decent draft pick or something like that, or able to trade up to get one, like that's a dangerous team. It's a young team hitting their prime. They're not too old. All on the defensive side of the ball, you got uh, Casey Kurtz's favorite football player in the world on that team. He's the vice president of the Michael Pittman fan club, and and he's predicting a, a big year for him. I, I, I tend to believe the same, especially with Matt Ryan throwing him the ball. You keep people off of Ryan with JT. Like, that team, I think, is set for success. One of the more heralded offensive lines. But to your point about the Titans, here's what I kind of wonder about the Titans. You look at all these teams in the AFC South. I'm not saying that the Jags or the Texans are, are world beaters at this point in their progress, but... The only real running team in the AFC, I guess you could say the Colts too because Jonathan Taylor, but they're going to throw the ball on that team. Like the Titans base their entire offense off that run game, but they suffer in their own secondary. Who's going to defend against these Trevor bombs, these Matt Ryan bombs, even these Davis Mills downfield passes? Like the Titans have a very suspect secondary. So to, to, to your point about regression, I could totally see it happening, especially with the Brand new kid at wide receiver. I guess they drafted, uh, who was it? It was uh, Traylon Burks, I think, to replace A.J. Brown. So that's a step down, obviously, until Burks gets his feet under him. 
Yeah, and, listen. And, and, and the Tannehill situation is messy, so yeah. You just, you just said something about Indianapolis, though, that a lot of people want to say. Yet, I feel like they're an organization that probably gets more love for doing less than anybody else in the NFL. Like, everybody loves their GM ballot. Love everybody them. loves Frank Reich. Everybody loves the roster they put together. You mentioned it, nine pro bowlers. And they couldn't make the playoffs. Yeah, like, they struggled. I would think the Chargers are the only other team that could fit in the category I'm talking about right now. But, I mean, sooner or later, you got to do something. They, they just... I mean, they, they feel like at times they lack of an identity. Yeah, they run the football, but are they tough? Like, I don't know. Indianapolis doesn't strike me as a tough team like the Steelers and Ravens and those kind of teams do. I mean, they, yeah, you're right. They've got talent. But what are they done with? Not much yet. And, and who fears them? And I just, they've tried a lot of different things. Uh, I, I think they're the team that beat the division. I'll give you that. But I don't think they're running and hiding. I really don't. And I'm not sitting here telling you the Jags are going to beat them and, and beat, win the division. I'm just telling you that, like, they're not an unbeatable team. And very few team, very few divisions, if the Jags were in, would have a team that uh, all three teams you could say that about. I think the like, real story is that you're looking at the AFC at a team like the Colts who could most likely easily win the AFC South, and they're probably not even the sixth best team in the AFC. Yeah, that's true. By the way, like, I feel, I think Indy's a team to beat in the division, and I think the Jags have more confidence against Indianapolis than any other team in the NFL. <laughs> You're probably right. We're live at TIAA Bankfield. We're going to practice tonight, getting ready to kick off at 6.30 until 8.30. We'll have all that covered on the TV side of things. We'll be back with a thought or two on Fernando Tatis Jr. How about that situation when we come back on ESPN 690? <laughs> I didn't see the, the number two pick. I, I, I just didn't see it. I don't know what what Robert Sala and, and Joe Douglas saw, but it, what I saw didn't was wasn't it did not warrant the number two pick right. of the draft. Mm -hmm. um, especially when you had all those other quarterbacks that they could have very easily taken a Justin Fields with no problem at all. No blink, you know. Um, I just I didn't see it. Right. Just got it wrong. Well, so far they've gotten it they wrong. They got it wrong. They've they got, got it, it wrong. My eyes telling me that when I look at Mac Jones' college film, Justin Fields' college film, Zach Wilson's college film doesn't stand with theirs. Yeah. It has no legs to stand on. Betrayal. That is, that is Keyshawn Johnson. You can catch him in the morning, Keyshawn Johnson. Along with Jay Williams and Max Kellerman on ESPN 696 AM until 10 AM. KJM, baby. Judas, Jay, and Max. <laughs> this guy, come on, man. Meanwhile, here on 3 to 6, it's Brent Martineau, Casey Kurtz, Aaron Schachter. I'm live at TIA Bank Field. Uh, first and 10 training camp coming up tonight. Full recap of tonight's practice, 11-15 on CBS 47 and Fox 30. I want to get to Fernando Tatis Jr. in a moment, but Doug Peterson just talked moments ago, a short time ago, and seen some quotes coming out of there about Ben Barch and Tyler Shatley. Uh, Shatley, by the way, might have been a guy that, that lost some positioning Friday night. And Peterson's quote, according to some of the beat guys, including John Shipley, who I just saw tweet, uh, said, um, you know, you could start Ben one week, Tyler the other week. It's really that close. Well, that has not been the case. I mean, Tyler Shatley has been penciled in at the left guard spot. So 
all of a sudden, guys, we might have a second battle brewing on the offensive line. What do you think that's about, the disparity between what all of our eyes are seeing and what the coach is saying? Well, I think, it, I think it's a, probably a pretty poor f- performance in the games, um, or at least this game the other night mm. uh, for Shatley, and Bart's doing a pretty good job. Uh, listen now, as we started the year, I didn't see Luke Fortner starting at center. I thought Tyler Shatley would be that guy. And then I thought Ben Bartsch would be the left guard. Then what happened is they pushed, boom, Fortner. They love him. They want him to be there. They said, hey, we drafted this guy for a reason. We're going to live and learn a little bit with him, and uh, we're okay with that. And then Shatley, we talked about this last week. I think an underrated part of Shatley is he can help with some calls at the line of scrimmage because of his center playing ability. So if Fortner misses something just because of experience, then he can kind of jump in. So I like that. I was like, oh, that's a cool little thing right there to help. It's just a little nuanced deal, but that will help. Well, all of a sudden, Shatley doesn't seem to be playing that well. Here comes Ben Barch, maybe to take his job. So keep an eye on that in the right tackle spot. Uh, but we're one a guy in Tyler Shatley, who we thought would be the starting center, moved to be the starting guard all the month of August so far. And now might be on his way out of that position Continues if he to gets slide beat down. out by Ben Barch. Yeah, slide down that depth chart. So you still have like three or four of these starter caliber offensive linemen floating around in the free agent pool. I know the Jets just had to go and get Dwayne Brown. They're still looking at some more. But do you think the Jags make a move before the start of the season based on some of this offensive line play? No, I don't think so. Like, here's the deal. I I don't mind Ben Barch playing at all. I, I was hoping he would kind of do maybe what he's doing. Now, this might be a, a, about Tyler Shatley not performing as well, but I, I want Ben Barch to take a step because they invested in him. We knew he's a bit of a project coming out of St. John's in Wisconsin. And so, like, this is a good sign if he's taking a leap because he's a young guy on that offensive line. And if you can have him and Cam Robinson and now Luke Fortner and uh, maybe it's Walker Little and Brendan Sheriff will be around for a few years, like that could be your line going forward. That's a great sign in front of Trevor Lawrence that you trust that line as they grow together. And then, by the way, Tyler Shatley, I still think he's a very capable back. I don't think they would cut him or anything like that if he didn't win the job. I think he's a capable backup at three different spots, really, primarily two, because you hope you don't need to play right guard for Sheriff at all. And then I really think the guy that's got to watch his roster spot from a depth standpoint is probably Will Richardson. I don't think he's had a great camp and even some subpar play in games. So I think Will Richardson might be a guy from – so to answer your question, Aaron, I think it's a depth play. Like who else can you get from a depth standpoint? Maybe you'd bring him in here. Um, and – you know, they have a couple of linemen that they like, some of these young guys, uh, and we'll see how much they really like them when cuts come around. Yeah. Uh, they did cut five guys today, including Jake Luton, quarterback, who hasn't played well. Uh, and he's been with the team for a bit. Elliot Fry for, injured his groin, so he got waved injured. Uh, he was part of that cut process, too. So I believe now just Ryan Santoso on as a kicker. I believe you have to refer to him as the alleged Elliot Fry That's as far true. as Casey is concerned. Casey. Uh, Casey, let's bring you into the fold here on uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. Uh, that was a little surprising Friday night. And I'll tell you what's more surprising about Fernando Tatis Jr. is the reaction from the Padres. You do not see teams go in on a guy like this very often, especially one that's on a hefty contract Oh yeah, and is a star. But the reaction, Casey, really surprised me. Mike Clevenger was... Uh, with some loud words, of course, Jacksonville guy. And I think uh, the GM uh, was the other guy that was pretty loud about, hey, this guy's got to get his acting gear 
Uh, were you as surprised to see the reaction as, as I was, Casey? Was I surprised to see the reaction? No. You got hurt riding four-wheelers or motorcycles, whatever it was, and then you're going to do this. So, no, they should rip him. They should trade him. Like, he's probably done with them, if I had to guess. Really? Yeah. They hate him. Like, you heard it. They came out of their sound. They hate what he did. Like, you, it's okay to get hurt, as Mike Clevenger knows, by the way. It's not okay to get hurt if you're doing something you shouldn't be doing, i.e. Aaron Boone, he's playing basketball, i.e. now this, when you're riding motorcycles. Like, you just can't do it. And then you're going to do this. It, like, I mean, he's done in terms of, like, being Hall of Fame and all that. Like, he's done with that. Like, so so long with that. So I, don't I don't you know think what it's too gonna, early to say that? No, I mean, it's I, baseball. I, I know it's baseball, and I know these guys. I mean, it's not like no steroid user has ever entered the Hall of Fame, but this is the very beginning of his career. 20 years from now, we're not going to be talking about him getting popped for PEDs didn't even last an entire season. Well, no guaranteed pop person has got in. So, yeah, I think this yeah. will follow him because baseball has that stupid rule. I think it's stupid. It's not a rule. It's an unwritten thing. I think it's stupid. Don't get me wrong. I agree with you. But it's going to, like, that's just what it's going to be until they start letting these guys in. So, yeah, yeah. I think it's uh, it's surprising to see, but I'm honestly glad that the Padres ripped him for just another bad decision that he shouldn't have made. Well, from from a by the way, from a Hall of Fame perspective, the thing that would have to happen for Tatis is one, he's going to have to perform and get on the field. Sure, do that. But two, yeah. two, he he would need other people to get in, you know, uh, over the years, and people to kind of forgive a little bit the uh, the whole steroid thing. So I understand what Casey's saying. Yeah, this unwritten rule now, if you get popped, but I I just you know if that happens in the NFL, like the guy wants to be traded nowadays, like. I'm surprised we haven't seen Tatis say, get me out of here, even though he was in the wrong. Yeah, I think like, it's I don't, not- I don't know if you remedy the situation as much. I mean, Casey kind of brought that up. Like, he probably played his last game. Because today's day and age, I don't know if you rectify those situations with players once you call them out. Not really. I mean, you're not going to trade your whole team, so you just trade one guy and move on. Yeah, people have, been at, have asked for trades for less, like Roquan Smith doing it right now. Especially you know? if they win without him. <laughs> then it's like, uh, we don't need him. Honestly, I thought when this came up, my first reaction was, that's why they traded for Bell and Soto. They knew this was coming. Hmm. Maybe. I thought these were random tests. That, but then uh, it was like, a, then it was like a, an almost alarming reaction. And so maybe maybe they didn't know. Uh, but uh, lost year for Fernando Tatis Jr. for sure. All right, Action Sports Jacks OT coming up next. Casey Kurtz, Brian Middleton. We'll go back at it tomorrow. We've got a practice here in just a little bit. The players start to take the field. And so uh, we'll have a full recap tonight on CBS 47, Fox 30, 11, 15. We call it first and 10 training camp. Final week of that is this week every night at 11, 15. We'll be back at it tomorrow. Action Sports Chats OT on ESPN 690 coming up next.